Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 47. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits I find interesting. This episode is being recorded on Thursday, December 13th, and released on December 13th. 2018. Thanks for tuning in again. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my way there. Anyway, visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links if you want to follow along with this episode. And if you want to leave any feedback, you can visit again pixelswim.com for all of that. So let's dive in to our weekly notes, feedback, and links. Uh, no links this week, but I do have some notes from the week. I First of all, was kind of looking at potentially getting the Moto Z Play uh, because I found it on eBay for about $188 brand new. And so, well, I mean, it's a new open box, but, it, you know, it still had the factory screen protector on it with all the little specs on it and stuff like that. But just was kind of looking at it because I was missing my, my the Motorola experience quite a bit. And so I actually did put my SIM card for a little bit back into my Moto G third gen. And I on that phone, I still had issues where I was getting delayed text messages. But so I was looking at the Moto Z Play because I found it for cheap and it has great battery life just on its own with the phone itself. But it also takes the Moto mod. So it, it would take uh, the, the battery mod to increase the battery capacity, you know, <laughs> to twice or whatever the amount is and whatever battery pack you get. So and, and I've talked about it in the past that I've, you know, I'm a big fan of good battery life. I love the Moto E4 Plus when I had it. And, I, you know, it's just a nice thing to not have to worry about your battery running out. And so I was really looking at potentially getting that Moto Z Play or just thinking about it because it is such a great price. There was a bunch available. It wasn't like a hot commodity at the moment still isn't. And I'll put a link in the show notes to it if you want to take a look at that eBay listing. But either way, I just want to say thanks to Mike Latori for his feedback. I reached out to Mike because he I had seen that he posted on the I believe it's the phone show chat. Google. No, not Google Plus the MeWe community and that he had his Moto Z play battery replaced. So I knew that he had the device. So I reached out, just asked him a few questions about it. And I, so I appreciate Mike reaching, reaching back out to me and answering my questions and just overall helping me out, kind of decide what to do with this Moto Z play. I'm still on the fence about it, so I'm, I'm not quite ready to, to pull the trigger on that. But so that brings me into the last bit of notes for the week here is that I have my LG G6 as my daily driver, and I decided to replace the back glass and battery of it. Uh, because the the back glass on the current phone is actually okay, but the camera lens cover and the fingerprint sensor are actually cracked. Uh, they all work fine, and luckily the crack on the camera lens cover is not an issue with the, uh, taking pictures or anything like that, but it just doesn't <laughs> look very good. And the, like I said, the fingerprint scanner works too, but yeah, I was thinking that if I needed to sell the LG G6 in order to get another device that... I should increase, <laughs> at least increase its value by replacing those things. So I decided to take a dive <laughs> into the phone and, and finally replace replace those things. I know I was going to wait till down the line, but if I, if, you know, in the spur of a moment, I want to post it on somewhere to be sold. I wanted the value to, to be increased, you know, instead of it having to sell it with a cracked fingerprint sensor and, and camera lens cover. But Either way, so I, I gave it a go, and it was just as easy as all the teardowns suggested it was. So I, you know, with the right tools, you can easily replace all of that stuff on the back of the the LG G6. It is glass, of course. You have to be very careful, but I suggest using <laughs> playing cards. If I had an, a couple of old decks of playing cards that we just we don't use anymore, so I was able to use those to cut up the adhesive on the back of the device after heating it up. We got a heat gun and just heated it up and pried into it with the plane, you know, a little bit of metal spudger thing and then got the playing cards under the under the glass and was able around the edge and able to cut through that pretty easily with those playing cards once it was heated up, you know, heated up a couple times while I'm doing it and came right off. There's no wires or anything that are connected to the motherboard. It all just rests on top of stuff. So the whole back thing glass can come off, which is really nice. So 
I was able to get that out and then easily get the battery out with a little bit of prying. <laughs> I got the new battery in and the new back glass on uh, that had the finger new fingerprint sensor and camera lens cover installed on it already. And then I had an adhesive on it. And so I was able to just peel, you know, peel off the plastic and stick it back onto the back. And I kind of freaked out <laughs> almost immediately after, you know, pressing on the back glass, the new back glass, and it was on and it was perfect. It looks great. It doesn't even look like it's been opened. But I was trying to power on the device and I was freaking out because it wasn't turning on, you know, it wasn't even coming close. And, you know, for a good five or 10 minutes, I was like, oh, my, you know, I broke it. That's it. I just I just broke the phone. <laughs> and then I realized that I had just replaced the battery, too, and that it was probably because the battery was completely dead. And so I plugged it in and it started to charge up and everything's running great. Uh, everything working as it should. And it looks brand new. The whole device looks in almost mint condition now with that new back glass on there. So and and of course, after doing that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to sell this thing now. I want to kind of hang on to it. You know, you have a connection with it. <laughs> I just repaired it, you know, so but I mean, that's not the most horrible thing in the world to want to hang on to it after that. So but if I do decide to change my mind and sell that to get the funds for another device, then it's all ready to go now. So very happy with how everything turned out in that. You know, I was very, you know, not very nervous going in. I was pretty confident because it seemed pretty easy and straightforward. And I had, you know, already kind of had a test run with a device with the heat gun. And so I just yeah, I just decided to go for it. And it was just as easy as it as it seems in in the uh, the teardown videos and guides and stuff like that. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably talk more about that in the future. But I haven't posted it on Twitter yet. So hopefully by the time this episode is out, it will be up on Twitter. I have some pictures, you know, I took along the way. So with a bunch of playing cards <laughs> sticking out of the back glass. But either way, I just thought I'd just talk about that in my notes this week because that was kind of a big thing to do and I and like I said I I know that I was going to wait on that that repair but I just this like I said I want to be able to sell it on a moment's notice you know if 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 it comes to that so okay so moving into the main topic of the show and this is a continuation of the last episode. If you tuned in for the last episode, this is my history with video games, and this is part two. So part one, I went over all the consoles and handhelds, and so I went in as in-depth as I could remember on, on all of my past history with consoles and handhelds. And yeah, that took up a whole episode. <laughs> so I, I the next three parts are arcade games, PC gaming, and mobile phone gaming. So those, that's what I'm going to go over today. So it's not nearly as, well, it'll probably be just as long, but not nearly as intense on each of these platforms. But I just, again, I want to put out a disclaimer. I'm not really that great at video games. I I realized that I said, I think I said I'm not a gamer necessarily, but I don't think that's true. I think I'm more of, I'm, I'm a casual gamer is I think the category that I fall into. So I'm not playing mass multi player online games, you know, so and I also just want to say that not all of this is necessarily going to be in order. It's as comprehensive as I can get, but I just I did my best to remember as much as I could. And so I'm sure there's, a you know, a few things or a lot of things <laughs> that I just don't remember. But I did the best that I could to to put together all of the the games and, and the experience, you know, try and remember everything that I did with all of these in all of these categories. And it's kind of funny because last week I didn't even have arcade gaming in my notes, but then I kind of thought of it in the episode. So I am definitely going to go over that. And actually, that will be the first part here that I'm going to go over. So arcade gaming is is the the second portion of my gaming history. Not a super extensive history with arcade gaming, but I do have some memories of playing certain arcade games. I can't remember all of them, but there are a few that stick out to me. So I'm just going to go over those real quick. I think the <laughs> the top one that sticks out to me as far as arcade games go is Paperboy. And this was, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the arcade game for Paperboy, but essentially it's a game about delivering newspapers on your bike. <laughs> and the I remember the arcade game, and I, I think this was, 
Paperboy was on other platforms as well. It may have been on Nintendo too. But either way, the the physical arcade game was really cool because it came with it had bike handles on it and you could turn them and it was very physical. Yeah, it was a very physical game. So I, I remember really enjoying playing that on as an arcade game. It was very interactive. But yeah, just a lot of fun to play that game. And again, in, all, in the show notes, I'm going to try and put links to all the games that I'm talking about just because it gives a better idea of what they're about. And so you can kind of see what what I'm referring to. So I'll try and find a link to an image of the the actual Paperboy arcade game. But yeah, I remember playing that one at a there was a pizzeria <laughs> over here and in, in, well, when I was growing up and it was one of those pizza places where you could throw the peanut shells on the floor and I remember they had just a little arcade there but I just I remember playing those those arcade games quite a bit and Paperboy was one of them so and that actually played and brings me to the next one I don't remember which pinball machine it was but they had a pinball machine there as well and like I said I can't remember what the theme of it was but I have played a few pinball machines probably as only as many as I can count on one hand in my life. So I, I, I do like the I do like pinball machines. They're very fun. I believe I played like electronic versions of pinball as well. I just I don't remember them very well. And I, w- I wish I could remember any of the themed pinball machines that I've played. But anyway, so those are two of the big ones that I remember from there. There's also if I don't know if you've you may have seen one of these at your local pub, <laughs> maybe here in the US is uh, Golden Tea Golf. And this was actually another very popular, still popular arcade game. I think they've actually kind of adapted to today's gaming where they everything's attached online or connected online. And so there's like leaderboards and tournaments and stuff for this Golden Tea Golf game. And essentially, if you've ever seen one, it has a kind of a a ball, a floating ball. (laughs) I don't know how to describe this, you know, half coming out of the the top of the the game controller. And so you set up your shot and you can roll the ball back for your backswing and and push the ball forward for your for your forward swing. And it's very popular, very fun game. Actually, you'd be surprised (laughs) how rolling the ball back and rolling it forward for your shot is actually it's kind of challenging because you can actually create different, you know, curvatures and stuff by pulling this ball back. So like I said, that's still, it's actually still popular. I was looking into it again and they're still doing tournaments for Golden Tee Golf. The they they update the the game, the uh, the physical arcade game for it quite often and, and the software and the golf courses they include in that as well. So uh, there's actually a home edition too. I saw as I was looking into this that you can hook up to your own TV and have that ball that you can you can play on your own TV. <laughs> it was like a hundred dollars, so I wasn't ready to, you know, not exactly easy to be like, oh, I'll take one, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, Golden Tee Golf, and that was like I said, Paperboy and Golden Tee Golf were some of the bigger ones that I remember playing quite a bit. Uh, the Paperboy was really just the most fun. But and I also remember going to and I'm not sure. I think this is, might just be in the US. I'm not sure how expansive in the US, but there's a place called Dave and Buster's. And so essentially, this is like a restaurant and then super arcade in the back. And so it's got tons of arcade games. And I, I don't know whether you call them carnival games, <laughs> but stuff like skee ball and like, you know, where you shoot the basketball and you have, you know, your time and you shoot the basketball and stuff like that. But those are more physical games. But I do remember I kind of I don't remember too many of the arcade games there. They had like every single arcade game, I think, that you can think of. And I, the one that I kind of kind of comes back to mind, I don't remember the name of it, but it was basically where you have an entire shot <laughs> plastic shotgun and you can you're shooting zombies. So and of course, at Dave and Buster's, you could get tickets and, and turn in those tickets. So it's like a carnival slash arcade kind of thing. And I remember my dad taking me and my brother there when we were younger and playing a lot of those games, a lot of fun. I mean, it was supposed to be sort of like an adult arcade because I don't think you could be in there if you were under you know, unattended by an adult, if you were under 21, because I think there's a big bar in the middle of it. So. But yeah, Dave and Buster's still around. Still, I haven't been there in a long time, so I don't know if it's still fun or not. But either way, 
that's kind of really all my arcade gaming that I can remember. I, like I said, I've played quite a few. I just don't remember. I don't remember them. You know, they didn't stick with me like other other gaming did. But at least I, I just wanted to get it covered and down in the podcast here since I'm talking about gaming. So that definitely falls into this. But so that's going to bring us into the next category, which is PC gaming. So this was another big part of my gaming experience. And a lot like I was saying earlier, I, this is all most of this is pre-internet and so or at least us having the internet at my house and so there's no mass multi multiplayer on game online games so i didn't you know it, it, i don't have world of warcraft on here i don't have any of that stuff not that i'm like against any of those things i just never got into them especially because we didn't you know have the internet until about 2002 and I, I know world of warcraft was big after that but just not something that i got into Either way, I'm going to throw down the disclaimer again that I don't know. I don't remember the order of, of when I played most of these, but some of them I'll attach, you know, a time to ish, you know, that kind of thing. But either way, I think one of the earliest memories I have of playing a PC game is and I've talked about the in the past about the Gateway 2000 that we had back in 1997. And it came with the Encarta Encyclopedia disc with it, which I used that I remember that was the coolest thing that Encyclopedia on us on CD-ROM and the Encarta. But either way, on that on that disc, there was also a game called Mind Maze. And essentially, it was just you were you had to answer questions and go through this sort of medieval maze inside of a castle it was it was and so there was you know several still shots start illustrations of you know the people that you're meeting in these rooms and then they had questions you know about things that you would find in the encyclopedia not exactly the most fun questions but you know about geography and math and and science and things like that so you work you work your way through the maze by answering all these questions and that was a lot of fun this i i don't know of anybody else that's played if anybody else has played that i know they some people have not nobody that i know has played it but either way uh check out a link in the show notes to kind of see what that looked like it was a fun game i can't say that i remember everything <laughs> all of the the trivia that i was answering or pretty much any of it but I, I just kind of remember that being one of the first games that I played on a on a computer. And that also brings to mind another game, which this one was very popular, is Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> so this one actually is kind of a similar thing where you answer questions and you have to figure things out geographically to find out where Carmen Sandiego is. So you're kind of a detective or a gumshoe <laughs> and you have to travel the world, quote unquote, to find this elusive criminal, uh, Carmen Sandiego. But either way, so that was a that was a pretty popular title. And especially this next one, too, it was very popular especially here in the US, uh, Oregon Trail. And so this one, I had a hard time finding the exact version that I played when on the PC, because I, I know it wasn't the original version of Oregon Trail. And I'm not sure which version it was. So I, it's going to be hard for me to link to that. But I remember playing that game quite a bit. And, and it's a basically decision making game. And you have to basically following the Oregon Trail across the United States, you have to try and survive. And so you have to buy food, you have to hunt, you have to decide whether to cross rivers <laughs> and and things like that. And essentially try and not die from dysentery was the big goal of that game. That was always the worst way to die. So you it's essentially you make decisions to survive. It's all te mostly text based, you know, and you have to buy and 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 make sure you have enough rations and and water and stuff like that. And it was a fun game, you know, just a kind of a an adventure, quote unquote. Most of it had to take place in your head, though. But either way, fun game to play. I know Oregon Trail is kind of a a classic PC game as far as I can remember. But I've seen some pretty bad versions of the early versions of it weren't didn't seem like they were that great. But so let's I'll move on to another game. I believe this one came with the Gateway 2000 PC as well was Mist. If you've ever played Mist on the PC, it's actually just 
the only way I can describe it is that it's just a it's a beautiful little game. You know, it's a it's a puzzle solving game. And I actually just recently revisited it. And basically, you walk around these you walk around this island and you have to figure out why you're there. And there's lots of clues and stories that you that you find in different spots and to find different things. And ultimately, it comes down to trying to find these pages of these books. And there's these short, weird videos <laughs> of these two brothers. It's like a it's a there's a whole storyline behind it. These two brothers who are they you're, it's clear that they're two they're you know, not necessarily enemies, but they, there's a whole library in there. You can read through the entire storyline if you want in the game. And then you go about these different islands in different places and you get transported to different places, finding different clues and, and pages and stuff like that. And and it's just a fun kind of really cool game. Like I said, a beautiful game. I think they made a few versions of it. I think I've only played the first original one. And I like I said, I recently revisited it. I found a you know, a download of, of it on some old game website or whatever and played it again. And it was just as intriguing as it was way back then. So, I mean, that was almost 20 years ago. So it had a lot going for it. I really enjoyed playing Myst and like I'll probably try it again and again, you know, because it's not the, it's not an easy game either. You hit, you know, the puzzles aren't super easy. It's not it's you can spend some time with it. It's a it's a fun game and it's low stress. I mean, that's one of the biggest things about it is that it's low stress. It's not like there's big time limits on everything. You just have to really figure things out and it's it's pretty cool. But either way, check out the link in the show notes to Mist. It's it's uh, probably one of my favorite computer games that I've ever played, but that's saying a lot. But with that said, I, these next ones are going into the sim type area. I don't know what kind of category you, what, what you want to call it, like simulation stuff. So the first one is The Sims, which is was wildly popular Sims game where you essentially have a, a person and you can dictate their entire life <laughs> and create a whole world for them and even down to the mundane. So The Sims was I didn't play it a ton, but I do remember kind of enjoying it a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, not not the the most entertaining game for me, I think, when I was playing it at the time. But and I also played Sim City, which was a very I think it's it's had many iterations over the years, but it, this was on the PC. I don't remember what version it was, maybe one of the first. I don't remember. But where you essentially build up a city from the ground up. And it was very not it's not that it was difficult. It was very time consuming. Wasn't my favorite just because of how involved everything had to be. And I the how granular everything was. But either way, that kind of brings me to the next Sim game that I used to play, which is Sim Tower. And so t- Sim Tower was basically where you're building a you're just you're building a building. <laughs> so you have to piece together a building and there's different things that you can build in the tower, like hotels, movie theaters, apartments was that apartments I don't remember restaurants lots of different things but it was just overall and it was just a side view of the entire building so you could see everything going on and I remember to get money you would you know one of the better ways to get to keep your money flowing in every day was to put in hotel hotel rooms and of course you had to have enough maids for all of them and basically every night or every morning I should say all of your hotel rooms would be cashed in. You could cash in on every hotel room that you had and stuff like that. But and you can put in movie theaters and restaurants, like I was saying. And I remember there was certain moments in the game where you would have if you reached a certain level, you would have celebrities that would, you know, oh, you have a celebrity stopping by kind of a thing or and then Uh, One of the nights you would you could see Santa Claus fly across the sky. It was just a super fun game. And I I remember also elevators are a very big part of the game and they only went up so many floors and you had to plan out like there was a lot of planning involved as far as building it, just like SimCity, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of planning with the elevators because there would be people waiting at them and the angrier they got, the worse the worst things were. 
And so as far as waiting for an elevator, so you had to make sure you had plenty of elevators. So I always overdid it with the elevators. It was just a lot of fun to build up a giant building. A very fun game. That's one that I might actually go back and try and find again. And I remember there was a tip and I can't <laughs> can't remember exactly off my hand, but it, right when you start the level, when you're building your building, if you go down, because you can build underground as well, if you go all the way down and to the right, I think, and you click the very bottom right corner, I think it gives you like extra money or something like that. <laughs> I remember finding tips uh, when I would go to school because we didn't have the Internet at home. I would look online and find tips for Sim Tower. That was the only one I can remember right now. But <laughs> either way, Sim Tower is a good game. I don't know if there's been any other iterations of it, but uh, one of my favorite Sim games I think I played. And that actually kind of brings me to another one. This one isn't a sim game, but it is another sort of world building game, which is and I played this one quite a bit, which is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Another really fun game. So basically you're building a theme park and you get different types of rides and stuff. But the, one of the fun parts was that you could build your own roller coasters and you, you could go as crazy as you wanted. But some people, you know, Part of the part of owning the theme park was making sure that all your patrons were happy because otherwise they wouldn't come and you wouldn't make any money and that kind of thing. So you had to make sure that your park was running smoothly. And one of the biggest things I remember in the game was puke. <laughs> there were people puking all over the place. So you had to make sure you have plenty of maintenance people to clean up the puke so that the other patrons didn't get upset and and leave the park and you know you have less customers and stuff like that but it was another very much along the lines as far as fun as sim tower was just a lot of cute little things in it you know clever little things and, and there's actually i'm gonna share a video to this i think i've tweeted about this in the past but roller coaster tycoon is actually quite interesting as far as the physics and the kind of gameplay of it and so I wouldn't even know how to begin to create this but somebody made uh, they made a ride basically they took an entire flat landscape in roller coaster tycoon and they created a calculator by essentially making a very specifically built ride that and because you can build underground tunnels and and I, I I don't know. Check out the video on on YouTube in the show notes because I I don't know how they how they did this. It took I imagine it take a crazy amount of time based on physics and how all of these how fast all of these rides go and stuff like that to be able to make a roller a ride with that can be a calculator and just a basic calculator. But either way something that's really interesting to to watch the video and people have one of those things where people have way too much time on their hands and but still to me it's still fascinating the things that people come up with in these games really cool i would never i i don't i don't see myself ever getting to that level of craziness as far as figuring things out inside of a video inside of a video game like this you know like building things like a calculator inside of roller coaster tycoon is really kind of beyond even what I want to do. So kudos to, to that guy for for doing that. But yeah, roller coaster tycoon, very fun. So the next few are kind of more violent, I guess, <laughs> violent type of games. The first couple, not as violent, but then we get into first person shooters and it gets pretty violent. But either way, the Command and Conquer, which was, was a big title and I think still is on the PC. I remember playing that as basically an over, overhead view of kind of a a map, I guess you would say. And you had to, you know, build up an army and, and different weapons and things and, and fight other armies and a lot of fun It's a, as a strategy game. And along with that, there was also a game called Sid Meier's Gettysburg. And this was kind of a Civil War version, I would say of Command and Conquer, not as in, in depth or in detail, but you could basically fight the Battle of Gettysburg here in the from the Civil War. And uh, I, that was a fun. I thought that was a fun game. It had a lot of cool kind of illustration graphics and another game that's just mostly about strategy and war strategy. Not that I knew anything about it. You know, I would just <laughs> play it until I could kind of figure it out. But uh, I remember, yeah, Command and Conquer and, and Sid Meier's Gettysburg were 
both fun games to to try out. So that kind of brings us into the slightly more violent, I guess you could say, part of the show where I talk about some of the more violent games, but we'll we'll uh, make sure not to end on this. But either way, I remember playing Grand Theft Auto on the PC. This was not the first person or yeah, not the this was more of the overhead view Grand Theft Auto, one of the first versions of it. And essentially where you're stealing cars and and driving around and, and stuff like that. I don't remember. I don't remember most of the goals of the game. I just remember stealing cars. <laughs> so not exactly a good thing for a kid to be playing. But I you know what? To to vouch for the game, I never actually stole a car in real life. I don't think the video game was going to to sway me either way. But either way, uh, I also played some first person shooter games. The Doom was a big one. I, I remember I didn't play the full version of Doom. I remember that I played a demo version of Doom. <laughs> so I never actually had the full version. It was like a one or two levels of the game Doom. But I remember enjoying that. Those games were always kind of fun and, you know, just walking around and, and shooting things. You know, it's a classic video game thing. But which kind of brings me into the most, I think violent game that I <laughs> that I ever played regardless of con of gaming system which was a game called blood <laughs> and so this was a first person shooter game but think if they based a first person shooter game off of the movie seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman uh, that yeah that movie basically think of that kind of violence that kind of a weird twisted violence where there's actually like innocent people walking around. Okay, <laughs> this all sounds really terrible, but it was a fun game. I mean, it had a lot of interesting aspects to it and can't say like, you know, I mean, violence in video games, God, I don't, I don't want to get controversial, but I don't see there's no to me personally, I, I had no connection between that and actually wanting to commit violence in real life. So that's my perspective on things. But either way, yeah, I play Blood. And if you're kind of squeamish, don't go to the link in the show notes for that one. But either way, that kind of, that brings me to my next kind of a weird first person shooter game that we had, which was Redneck Rampage. <laughs> and essentially, this is a first person shooter, but set in kind of a backcountry setting where you're, you know, driving around in rusty pickup truck and you also are just walking around just, you know, back backcountry stuff here in the you know here in the US and there's a lot of funny kind of things that happen in the game and it was actually really well done for a game called Redneck Rampage it was actually quite entertaining and quite well done as far as the graphics went I remember but yeah I don't want to talk too much about these first person shooter games but they were kind of interesting <laughs> to play I mean that's a very big category of games these days especially on like the Xbox and all the first person shooter stuff is probably some of the more popular stuff out there but those that's my experience with it and I'm actually kind of remembering now we also had a game called Deer Hunter and that was a real basic game where you're basically sitting in front of a nice beautiful forest scene waiting for a deer to show up <laughs> to to hunt it quote unquote. It wasn't really hunting. It was more just waiting for deer to show up and then shooting them. All right. So moving away from the the shooting games, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but I had quite a few golf games for the PC that I used to play. I was racking my brains trying to remember all of them, and I only could remember two of them. Unfortunately, I think there was at least five of them, but I just could not find or remember the names of them. And so I, I, I'll just go over the two that I have here. But the first one, which I really liked playing a lot, was the British Open Championship Golf. And so this was basically just a, a golf game that focused in on the British Open. You could only play the British Open. And there were luckily, at least there was two golf courses. So there was Royal Troon and St. Andrews, of course. And so you can actually go and download this for the PC and I have, I did <laughs> revisit this game on the oldgames.com actually has quite a bit of games you can go and get. But either way, so I remember playing that quite a bit and it was mostly like a click to swing type thing. And I, you know, used to play the British Open 
all the time and I you know put in my own name so I, I've won the British Open everyone <laughs> a few times so I know it won't go in any of the history books but in my head it felt pretty good it was a the graphics were pretty decent as far as the the golf course and stuff like that the grass looked pretty good but either way the only other golf game that I can remember was Jack Nicklaus six Golden Bear Challenge I think it was six I, this is again I had a lot of trouble looking these up but I remember playing a couple of, I believe Jack Nicholas had another game on the PC where you could create the, a golf course. And I, I remember playing that quite a bit. And that was a lot of fun to, to create the golf course and then play it in the game. So I, I love doing that. But I loved the golf games on there. I played them quite a bit. And keeping with the theme of sports games, there was also a NASCAR game that we used to have on the PC. And what was really cool is we actually at one point had the a steering wheel with the, the pedals <laughs> to play this NASCAR game, which was really a lot of fun. Uh, the funny thing about this NASCAR game is that the physics weren't that great in it. And so the, if you got in a, in a car crash, none of the cars could flip. <laughs> Everything stayed on the ground and basically pieces of your car fell off. And yet somehow it was still a really fun game. And so I remember, you know, <laughs> for fun, driving the wrong way on the racetrack and just smashing into uh, oncoming cars. But I believe we actually had a joystick, too, for that that you could use with that game. But that plugged into the computer. But I remember also in that game, you could design a paint job for your car. So I remember spending a little bit of time doing that. It wasn't super super fun, but uh, maybe got me started in my in my graphic designing. But anyway, um, we also had a PBA bowling game. I can't remember the name of this one. I had trouble finding it, but that was a lot of fun uh, putting, you know, curve on the, the, the ball. <laughs> and it was, you know, the physics on that one were actually really good on the bowling game. So I remember playing that uh, multiplayer game going, you know, taking turns and stuff. But also, I played Virtual Pool 3, which I think is a really great pool game for the PC. So I used to like to play. I used to watch actually a lot on ESPN. I used to watch a lot of nine ball billiards. And so it, it was fun to kind of have that translated into the Virtual Pool 3 on the PC. But most of those, all the games that I've talked about for the PC so far are really just games from when I was younger. And those are really the biggest ones that I remember. I remember another baseball game that I played, but this was after this was when I was about, you know, about 10 years ago or so, right before or before I had right when I had started my the job that I'm currently at. And I remember playing a baseball game on my PC with a, I had a controller for the PC and used to play this baseball game, the home run derby. And it, I can, I, again, I had a lot of trouble digging up <laughs> stuff on the PC side of things. I don't remember why. I'm not sure why. I guess it just wasn't as impressionable as some of the console games and stuff like that. But either way, so bringing me into my recent PC game history, because I still have my PC and I like to play a game every once in a while. The one that I have started recently is this game called Thimbleweed Park. And it's actually it's kind of like a pixel art type game. It's a it's like a detective type thing. And it's actually really fun, <laughs> a funny game. And but it's beautifully done in this sort of pixel pixel art style. And it's definitely not for kids. <laughs> there is a little bit of racy content in there. Not nothing really terrible, but, you know, not something you would want a kid to play. But that game was a lot of fun. Or it has been a lot of fun to play so far. I've only gotten so far in it. And because I actually think I bought it last Christmas because it was on sale in the Microsoft store. So I decided to try it out because I like that style of game. But another sort of casual game, too. It's kind of a clue finding game sort of thing. But either way, and I've also and I think I've mentioned it already, but I like to try and find old PC games, install files for them to install my current PC and try and revisit those games. But um, I also wanted to throw in just a little bit. I, this falls in the PC section is an honorable mention for the website Congregate. It's Congregate with the K at the beginning. And basically, it's just a place you can go online that is kind of a collection of online games and a lot of like flash games and stuff like that. But it's a it's a good website to check out if you want to, you know, play some quick online games. I remember 
playing a lot of sort of escape room games on there. I like the escape room games. They're fun. Usually they're, you know, you have to be semi clever to try and get out of those places. But either way, uh, that's congregate. Go to the show notes if you'd like to go to that website and check it out. Like I said, a lot of flash games on there, a lot of web games kind of thing, but it's good for passing the time. So that's the PC gaming section. As you can see, not as extensive as as the console section, but uh, that will bring me into the last section of my mobile of my mobile <laughs> of my gaming history, which is mobile phone gaming. Just to kind of put some notes to this, uh, I'm not a huge fan of on-screen controls, and I like physical buttons. So I'm not a huge mobile phone gamer. And when I do play on the mo- a mobile phone, it's generally just casual and puzzle games. And basically anything where swiping and, and tapping anywhere <laughs> does the job. So no first-person shooter games or anything too complex on mobile phones for me. And so not as, as extensive of a history with it. So this is... This goes back to when I had the had Snake on my Nokia 6110. And if you, you know, if you had an old cell phone and it had Snake on there, you had to, (laughs) it was a good little way to pass the time. So that's really where my history starts with this. And, but after that, I didn't really do much of anything until I got a smartphone, which were infinitely better for games. I kind of broke it up into Lumia, what I, what I've played on my Lumia phones or Windows phones, and then what I played on Android. And those are my two big platforms. So on Lumia, I played a lot of Two Dots is is another game. This actually I played on, I have played on Android now too as well. But Two Dots is actually just a a fun puzzle game where you're connecting dots and different challenges and stuff like that. Very casual, nice, nice graphics, you know, and when I say that, I mean, they're more artful and the music is actually pretty fun too. So yeah, two dots is very, I definitely, I highly suggest it um, because it's just a good way to pass the time and it can, it gets fairly challenging. And here's a, a little tidbit is it's the only mobile game that I've actually purchased any sort of in-game or in-game purchase I've ever made any in-game purchases in so essentially I got to a level and I because you have a certain amount of moves to finish the level and I was literally just one move away and or two moves away or whatever it is basically I needed more moves and you can purchase more moves in the game and so that was the the only time I've ever done it because I had struggled with it for so long, that one single puzzle. I don't remember which one it was, but and so, yeah, I decided to give in and, and purchase a couple extra moves so I could finish that level. <laughs> and that's the only time I think I've ever done any in-game purchases. But anyway, yeah, Two Dots is great. And on Lumia, I've also played International Snooker Pro, uh, Steve Litchfield's, I think, favorite game <laughs> or one of. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like snooker. I like billiards in general and in, in, in real life too, you know, on a physical billiards table. Again, I'm not great at it, but I do find it fun to play uh, pool, nine ball and all that stuff. But I also played landing confirmed on my Lumia phones, basically where you have to fly around a little rocket and make sure it lands safely and doesn't crash into pieces. So and of course, I played the Microsoft Solitaire collection, a little bit of that, mostly the Solitaire game itself or Spider Solitaire, which actually I probably should have put that in my PC section. <laughs> I played a lot of Spider Solitaire on my PC and on my Lumia phones. So a lot of fun to to play that. I'm, I've never been very good at Minesweeper, so I don't know if I played that extensively enough to even mention it. So, But I do remember I had a teacher in school, I think in seventh grade, that played a lot of Minesweeper. But either way, that brings me into my Android phones and all of the games that I played there. And this, and on both of these, on Luia and Android, it's a lot easier to come up with these lists because Android has kept a history of every game that you've ever downloaded, basically, if you go into your, your apps and games library. So it was a lot easier to, to find these. And even then, I didn't include all of them because some of them were I downloaded it once, played it once, and didn't play it. So I'm trying to keep it to things that I've actually 
played and had fun playing. So first one is called Basket Mania All-Stars. This is on Android again. And it is basically, and there's a trend with all of these. Most of them are just swiping and, and stuff like that. But that was basically what this Basket Mania All-Stars had a bunch of game modes for basically just shooting a basketball. <laughs> so if you think like an arcade game where you're shooting a basketball, a lot kind of similar to that with different game modes and uh, very fun and easy and challenging at the same time. Easy to play, challenging to win. So, and then I also remember this might be the only online multi, well, not really multiplayer, online game that I've played, and I played it with my wife quite a bit, is Draw Something. <laughs> so if you remember the, it was a big craze, I think, around Draw Something for a little while, where essentially you guess what the word is based on a drawing. Pictionary, that's what it is. <laughs> so basically Pictionary with, uh, you know, you can play it with people. So I remember playing, my wife had her phone and I had mine and we played Draw Something when we were apart. So because I used to drive into work all the time. So, but either way, that moves me on to, there's a series of these games, but it's called Flick Golf. And so it's basically what it sounds like. You flick a golf ball and you're, trying to get it as close to the hole if not in every single time so it's not like a you know you're not playing 18 holes it's you're shooting from the same spot to a golf hole and the wind is increasing each time you know not each time but it ups during the level and so you just flick the golf ball and you can make it spin and curve and stuff while it's in the air by by swiping again this is says a lot of swiping in this flick golf and then there's a flick golf extreme which was very similar as far as gameplay but you're like shooting onto an aircraft carrier and stuff like that. But it's a lot of fun, you know, very pretty simple game, a you know, good time waster. So and then another game I played was called Granny Smith. And this was kind of like a, a side scrolling runner game. A lot of fun, kind of, again, neat graphics. And you basically are, I think, trying to run away from this old granny. <laughs> You're like a troublemaking kid trying to run away from a granny on this side scroller game, but a lot of fun. Like I said, the graphics on that one are what drew me to it and just kind of lighthearted. Another good time. Most of the mobile games are good time wasters. So uh, I did also, I did gave into some of the Angry Birds craze. And I think the only one that I actually had on my device was Angry Birds, the Star Wars version of it. So basically you can shoot around the Death Star and stuff like that, but yeah, that that's my extent with Angry Birds. It's it's a good mobile game because you just it's easy to play on a, on a touch screen. Um, and I probably should have put this one after the Flick Golf game, but the, I also played Flick Kick Field Goal. And so this one is just basically an American football where you're just kicking field goals, and the wind increases, and the angle and the length of the field goal increases each time. So you're trying to get in different game mode, just trying to get as high score as you can. And I swear that playing flick kick field goal, I swear I, I wore down the oleophobic coating <laughs> on my Galaxy Nexus uh, because of flicking so much in the same spots. But a super fun game, super easy. Like I said, again, that's called flick kick field goal. And there'll be I'm going to put actual links to the Play Store for as many of these as I can. But I remember there was also another game. And I think when I mentioned the Congregate website earlier, I think I first played it there. But then I also found it on Android. And it's called Electric Box. And so it's basically like a sort of like a puzzle game where you have to connect the power source to the to the other end of the thing. <laughs> so that's about as descriptive as I can get. But I had trouble finding this one again, but it still is on on the Play Store. I don't know how good it, it is still, but I might have to try reinstalling and playing that again. But a uh, nice little puzzle game casual. And there's some. I think the music is what drove, what kept me there was kind of, you know, soothing music in there. But either way, uh, here's a game that I played for about five minutes, but I wanted to mention it because I am a Simpsons fan. Uh, there's a pretty popular game called The Simpsons Tapped Out on Android or on mobile devices. Uh, I just could not get into it. It's very like SimCity-like where you have to rebuild the city of Springfield in The Simpsons land. But... It was it was just on a small screen. It just didn't work for me. And it just I don't know these these games where you have to after a certain point, I don't necessarily enjoy the games where you have to have, you know, coins and you have to have enough money to do all these things. 
in and you know they're just it really that game just feels to me like they're just pushing the in-game purchases a lot and that's fine that's one model to make money on these mobile games but not a big fan of the in-game purchases i kind of like buying a game outright and then just having it and being able to play the whole thing (laughs) without having to worry about things ending so And then that actually kind of brings me full circle back to that Two Dots game, which is actually the only game I have on my Android phone right now, uh, just because it is a fun little casual game, fun time waster. But yeah, so that's really it, though, for mobile gaming. Not a ton there. Like I said, it's just not my favorite platform to game on, just casual stuff to pass the time, you know, at the doctor's office or something like that. But overall, not, not a lot, not a lot to talk about in mobile gaming, but All right, so that pretty much wraps it up for my gaming history. So part two is complete, part two of two. (laughs) You've made it through. I don't know how you did it. Uh, Thank you for listening. I think people really liked the first episode. I don't know if they're going to like this one as much, but I enjoyed going through the the gaming history. And it's nice to have kind of a record of all the stuff that I can remember playing, you know. And I don't think it's really going to grow too much as much as it did when I was a kid. You know, I don't think I'm going to be adding a lot to these lists in the future just because I'm not like I said, I'm still a casual gamer. So I'm not actively, you know, keeping up with much of anything. So but I appreciate everybody tuning in as usual. Let's just wrap things up. I mean, that wraps it up on my mobile gaming history. So. Yeah, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and the links to all of as much as I could find for all these games, for all of the social links. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Google Plus, God rest its soul sooner rather than later. And also on MeWe, which I usually just post episode updates on there. But yeah, have a great afternoon or evening or lunch or dinner or breakfast or brunch or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again, and Godspeed.